Boom. Cool. Right. There we go. So I was going to use my... Oh, geez. Oh, did I do something? No, okay. I was going to use my... Uh, I got these new noise-canceling headphones that Jess got me for Christmas. Oh, my God. They're amazing. They're dead right now, but amazing. Yeah, they're definitely dead. I would use them right now, but they're dead. I like that story. My father-in-law gave me a pair of old, uh, like, Bose noise can. That's the one I have. That's the one I have. They're, they're, um, they are amazing. I mean, you probably have, like, the brand new version. These are seven or eight years old at, at, at a minimum um they're still so freaking good i was using them this morning like when i come to this co-working space like when i want to get work done i put those things over my ears and play like some classical music or whatever I, it's like i'm in another world i could be anywhere it, yeah they, they are the best they just like completely drowned out your surroundings yeah no i was walking through the skyway which is pretty noisy because you got you know everybody's walking around and talking i swear i popped those things in because i've got the little earbuds i couldn't even like all i saw was mouths moving and then just my music playing it was it was crazy it was so weird it's like the ipod commercial you know like the old one where they're dancing and stuff but in real life yeah crazy. Uh, you know it's an easy fix for that is um not being around people <laughs> that's hard have, for me to do that's i don't have hard. such problems but, uh, I, I envy you i actually honestly i get freaked out if i can't hear my surroundings in a public place like i get very paranoid like i just can't do it like i'm not that comfortable with other people wow. or trust them enough i don't know i need to know what's going on i need all senses operating at full capacity at full capacity yeah i got you i definitely don't have um I feel like I would, I don't know, if I wasn't around people, I would just be like, what's going on with my life right now? They're like my energy. So that's my problem. Okay. I definitely, I'm the, I'm, I'm like probably in between the two of you. I do not always want to be around people, but I definitely need to, to like recharge, um, Cause when I'm, when I'm stuck at home for too long, I start to get real crazy. <clears throat> well, see, but my thing is like different people. Cause everybody has like a different vibe, a different energy, like different, you know, like there's some people who will just get you totally jacked. Right. And then there's some people who just kind of bring you down to the ground. And then there's some people in the middle. So it's like, you know, you, you just find the different, get a little bit of both. It's like a buffet, like a buffet of people is what you need. Yeah. All right, Joey, what are we talking about today? Uh, Ryan says enough of our casual shenanigans. I know, Let's get to I, well, I know that you're going to publish all this and this nonsensical uh, meanderings around Sydney's buffet of people that she needs in her life. Um, I might not be doing that, but I, I appreciate the thought. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so I have one thought. I don't, this was before we brought Sydney into the fold, but we'll see what you guys think about this. Um, kind of want to talk high level of how your business strategy should closely mirror your marketing strategy. Okay. Um, mainly centered around the idea that I get this question a lot of, you know, Hey, what should my marketing strategy be? And then I just, I get agents, I get people reaching out like from this guy specifically I talked to last week, Mark, 
Godsey, who um, is in like the um, investment space, and he is considering going over into the independent side. And he's asking, you know, is this some, is this like a good move? Does this make sense? And and uh, it really just comes down to uh, like understanding the niche that you want to focus on and the amount of people that you think you need to make it viable and what are the commissions. You know, it's just a very simple formula that people keep asking all the time. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on, on any of that. I think that the whole business is marketing. I think everything we do is marketing <clears throat> and that um, way too much emphasis is put on insurance. Um, and you know, the, the deeper that I get into what we do, uh, there, the insurance side of our business is taken care of by the carriers. Um, and let me explain that cause that's going <laughs> to aggravate people. I was going to say, I mean, I heard the pitchfork sharp. Yeah, that's going to but... aggravate people. So let me put that, let me put that in context. What I mean by that is the baseline of, of, of your business is providing expertise, coverage advice, and a quality customer experience to people. That's the baseline for how to operate. If you don't operate with that baseline, then your business is stagnant or it's starting to contract, which could be completely fine. If you're making $400,000 in personal income as an agency owner and your business is contracting at 3% per year, you can most likely fade into the horizon and always have more money than you know what to do with, right? Your spouse will always have a great vehicle. You'll always be a member of the country club. You can pay for the second house and wherever you like to live. All the things, no problem. Those aren't the people we're talking to. The people that really our platform agency nation is talking to and who this podcast is talking to and when we go and we speak who we're talking to are the individuals, be they uh, carrier professionals, agency owners, producers, whoever, uh, who is looking to grow either as a person and professional or their business in general. So for those people, the business of insurance is very much a commodity. It really is. You have to give great advice. You have to take care of your people. You have to provide great customer experience. If you don't, it's incredibly difficult to grow consistently. It is. It just, it just is. So that being said, how do we truly differentiate ourselves in the market? And that comes down to, to marketing. How do you talk about yourself? How do you position your business? What's your brand? How do you talk about the things that you do? And that marketing dictates the direction that your business goes in. You know, you could be like our buddy Cass, right? Cass Got, got really good at writing railroad contractors insurance. So the dude used to throw on big boots and overalls and his marketing was walking train depots like the, the rail yards in Centralia and shaking these guys' hand and that's how he grew his business. It wasn't because he was amazing at railroad contractors insurance. It was because he marketed his business. He set up his persona and his brand and the way he spoke them. I mean, he explained all this to me one night um, in, uh, what's the capital there? Bloomington, Illinois, um, sure. or Springfield, is Springfield, or this is not a geography podcast, whatever that, whatever that town is in the middle there. That's the capital of Illinois. Um, we were there one night and he explained this whole thing to me, how he completely changes his persona, not like who he is as a person, but the way that he presents himself 
to these railroad contractors because if he showed up in a suit, they would laugh him out of the rail yard. So he his his marketing was was positioned in a way that he could talk to railroad contractors and everything was about that. His the business of insurance didn't change at all. He still provided great value, had a great customer experience, just like he would a home and auto to someone who works in an office. So the business didn't change, but how he marketed the business did. And that's why I believe that marketing is the business because there are these barriers or, or barriers are probably the wrong word, these bars to success that you have to jump over or you simply cannot consistently grow your business. So does that make some more sense? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so what gets me um, is, uh, and, and Cindy, I'd be interested in what you kind of have to, what you think about this is, um, you know, people often come up with these marketing strategies and it's, they're geared, they're designed um, to succeed to failure, if that makes sense, um, to where, you know, they're just, it's just not, a, it's just not a profitable approach like they could be as successful as they think they want to be and they're still not gonna be making any money because they're not selling enough of the right thing and um and it's creating that marketing and understanding just the, the just overall business of profit margins of of the thing to actually make it work and that kind of drives me drives me nuts a little bit yeah. yeah 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 so i mean i guess i'm thinking of um I've been thinking a lot about the marketing strategy of GNN insurance recently. I've just been kind of watching them. Um, they're, I mean, first of all, their business strategy is interesting because they're going after referral hubs. So instead of trying to one off, you know, like, like, you know, yeah. Jason Cast did, right. Where he's actually individually shaking the hands of each business owner and saying, Hey, well, I'd like to, you know, service your, your company. Um, he, they're trying to find referral hubs. And so they're focusing on the, the housing industry, the real estate industry with mortgage brokers and lenders and whatnot. But so how do you capture the attention of those people? Right. I mean, if you're talking about marketing and it's interesting because they don't position themselves. I mean, they're, they are insurance experts, they're insurance agents, and that's the name of their game. Right. But in their marketing, they, they talk less about how they're insurance agents and more about how they're solid business owners. And they try and, you know, help these mortgage brokers and, and, and homeowners and uh, lenders, people in the real estate industry th with social media, with things that they've tried in their business, and then sort of bring that knowledge to these guys and help them grow their businesses and form this sort of mutual relationship, right? So that's a really interesting marketing strategy that I haven't, and I don't, I mean, they've just started doing it with the videos that they're, you know, that they're putting out um, and, and this, you know, I mean, they're just crazy on social media recently, but I don't know. I've just never really thought about marketing from, that like not marketing so close to home as as hey we're in we're experts in insurance but rather we're amazing business owners who happen to own an insurance agency and you know we we've grown this business and how can we sort of benefit each other through through a relationship have you guys seen their stuff like have you watched 
Yeah. Some of their videos. I, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think GNN is, is, is really living it. I mean, they're this, again, it goes back to the idea that, that the business, the, the work, the business of insurance, the actual insurance side of our business is, is really commoditized, right? It, they could sit there and go, we are great at writing homeowners insurance, all you real estate agents and mortgage brokers, you should come do business with us because we have great homeowners insurance. And then the agent right next door to them can go to that same mortgage broker and go, we have all the same carriers. We're great at writing homeowners insurance too. You should come work with us, mortgage brokers and real estate agents. And there's no clear delineation between the two of them. And what GNN has done and, and, and is, is think about it more from what do these guys really need and created a marketing strategy that drives their business forward, which is we're a valuable partner to you. We can help you. Uh, we can help teach you about running a business. We run a business. We can help teach you about entrepreneurship. We grew this business from scratch. You know, all these things that they have experience in, they're sharing with their marketplace and touching them over and over and over again through social. And it's that marketing strategy that differentiates them. Nothing that you just said was GNN is good at homeowners insurance. It's assumed because they're writing business and growing that they're good at homeowners insurance and, you know, whatever else they write. But you didn't, what you just described had absolutely nothing about the, to do with the business insurance. And I'm not saying that the business of insurance isn't important. It's just the bar. It's the, it's the, the table stakes. It, it gets you in the amusement park, right? It's the entry fee. You don't get to ride the rides unless you have a, this differentiating factor, which I believe today is, is really you, the person, and your ability to market you and, and the people within your business. I mean, I guess I think, too, about Agency Nation University and how you've been giving me crap for not, you know, talking about it. And it's crazy because, I mean, you know, I've got this tracker on my phone, so I know exactly when someone is on that website, agencynation.com slash university, when they enter, where they're from, you know, I got like a little chatbot that pops up. And so, and I get the pings on my phone so I can hear like, you know, I'll be doing editing video or answering email or taking a phone call. And then I can hear on my phone, like ping, you know, somebody's on the university. And it used to be that I'd hear one, you know, when I wasn't talking about the university, I would hear one every once in a while. And now it's like, I had to turn the sound off because there's just people, you know, flowing through it and, and browsing the site, right? But the point being, you can create an awesome product, but if you never talk about it, if you don't brand it, if you don't market it, then how is anybody going to find out about it and what are they going to think about it, you know? So, I don't know. I'm glad. I feel like... Um I, there's a, I had a little bit of pride moment there. I had a, I like it was ruined to see it up a little bit that I'm sitting in because finally, finally, uh, I feel like you're, you're starting to get it a little bit that, you know, and, and, and I, and I, I bust your chops pretty good, but I, you know, I, you've created a wonderful product with Agency Nation University. And there is this artist in you that believes that because you've built a great product, people should just come and that it is beneath you to have to, and I'm just giving you a little crap here, but it's a little, there is a part of you that's like, I built this great thing, selling it diminishes its value, right? Like I shouldn't have to sell it if it's as good as it possibly could be. And the truth is you have to do both today, always with all things, right? With Elevate. I think Elevate is the greatest insurance conference in the history of the world. 
And I mean that with all respect to anyone who's ever put on another conference, including IOA, Nick Ayers, our good friend, which we're sending to and a vendor at. I just, firm, if I didn't believe it was the best conference in the history of the world, I wouldn't put it on. I have to sell my ass off every day to get people there, even though I believe it is the greatest collection of thought leaders in the history of the insurance industry in one space, giving their best to, to the attendees. We have to sell the shit out of it every day. And, um, you know, and for too long, I think getting back to the insurance industry for too long, there, we were the only game in town, right? You were the only office in your town. So someone would come through and if they needed insurance, they would just go to you because you were the only office in town that sold insurance and you were the only place to sell referrals and, or to send referrals. Sorry. And today that's simply not the case. There's, there's digital, there's e-agencies, there's directs, there's all the captives. The captives have also gone uh, digital. You have more startup agencies popping up. You have all the big national brokers uh, pushing down into the mid-market, small-market commercial, and now into personal lines. Um, you have the Gallagher's and the Marshes and the Lockton's and the Hubs opening up small Main Street personal lines shops or expanding out of their shops into those spaces, which puts more and more pressure on the marketplace. And the days, you know, uh, me and my, my family, we used to refer to, um, to these agencies as light flippers, right? So we would be like, you know, do, you know, is that agency competition? No, they're a light flipper. And by that we meant they would show up at nine, turn the lights on, and at five they would turn the lights off and walk home and just sit in their office and wait for business to come in. And we knew that we would eat the lunch of any light, flipper, any light flipper in the Albany area. You cannot be if you want to grow a light flipper anymore. You have to put in the work. GNN's a great example. Woody Brown is a great example. The stuff Rob McCarthy's doing in, in video is a great example. Or uh, for contractors in New York is a great example. And, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, it just, you have to market. You have to sell all the time. And uh, I think it's that marketing and sales which dictates what you're actually able to do as a business and not the other way around. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a series of very specific, very few choices that, you know, everyone has to make. You know, it's, it's, it's not overwhelming, right? It's, okay, who do you like talking to? Decide who that is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what policy do you actually care about selling? You know, because it, it, for whatever reason, we're kind of ingrained, like we have like certain like things that we prefer in the insurance world, pick that, right? And then, hey, how much commission are you going to make? Like who of this, uh, who of these people do you need to talk to to make a decent sized commission? Draw that line, you know, what's, what's your, what's your, th and obviously this is bad advice for people that are just, you know, you know, trying to kill whatever they eat, whatever they kill. That's probably right. Um, and, um, and, and, and draw that line of what's my threshold, right? Like how much, like, do I need, is it 25, is it a 25,000, you know, premium sort of deal? Is it a 50,000? Is it, you know, cause I hear a lot of agents playing in the five to 10,000 space where they're like, man, 10,000 would be great. And they just got to give themselves a little more respect than that. Um, and then, you know, from there, it's how do you talk to them, right? And it's like you said, it's all about the marketing. Once you've just made those few very specific decisions, um, you know, it's, it's the one, you know, and, and as Cindy brought up GNN, you know, is it is it going to be a one-to-one -one sale or is it going to be a one-to-many sale? Whereas, you know, GNN's doing the one-to-many, you know, they're going to, they're selling to people that are going to just keep feeding them business as opposed to you, you know, just keep going over and over again. I actually, I mean, 
this is the our, our buddy. We don't. I don't think people talk about him enough. But Carlos Vargas, yep. Vargas and Vargas Insurance. I mean, like what GNN is doing is what Carlos has built his like multi million dollar agency on over the last twenty or thirty yeah. years. And I think I did a podcast like back in October talking about like, man, I just want somebody in the the mortgage space to to do what he does like on a digital scale because that's going to crush. And I think it is for them. So yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, for so. When I say the marketing dictates the business, I think Carlos Vargas is a, is a great example of it. So Carlos realized that he was really good at networking. And basically, he was doing what GNN is doing before GNN did it. Um, yeah. he, does, he did all the videos and still does all the videos. He does all webinars. He does all that stuff. And it's funny, yeah. both from, from the greater Boston. From Boston. I know, um, right? But... What Carlos realized and Zach and Matt from GNN realized is that you can't, is it they had to make the business decision because of the marketing that they're doing. They don't sell insurance. Zach and Matt don't yeah. sell insurance and neither, neither does Carlos. They bring the business in and then have built a business that, 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 that responds to the marketing, right? So their marketing method is to bring in mass amounts of people through these referral sources they generate the referral sources and the relationships and then they manage the business which does the insurance carlos hasn't written an insurance policy in a decade <laughs> but he yeah. brings in a ton of business to his agency and that, you know and this goes back to things like ego and pride which destroy many businesses not just insurance businesses but there's a lot but you were talking about the difference between a 10 and five thousand dollar policy well you can be successful doing renters insurance my brother-in-law does it have a renter's yeah. insurance only e agency, right? He has the, the difference between doing a renter's insurance business and doing a mid market business has nothing to do with how good you are at selling insurance. It's how it's, it's, can you market to that person? And Eric, my brother-in-law knows he's got to bring a ton of people in to make money selling renter's insurance. Someone who's do brings in a $50,000 account to make the same amount of money doesn't have to bring in as many accounts, but may have to yeah. work three times as hard in the marketing phase um, to, for each individual account. You know what I mean? So there's, it just, it all, it all flows. The business has to be set up to match the type of marketing that you want to do and the type of accounts that you want to, that you want to write. So there, there's no right or wrong answer. What you can't do is say, I want to write $50,000 accounts and then not do any marketing in the places where $50,000 accounts live, right? People ask me all the time, I, how, do I do, how do I do digital marketing for high net worth? Well, writing blog posts about underinsured motorist coverage is probably not gonna get you very many high net worth accounts. You have to have a completely different marketing strategy. You know, marketing into, you know, find your local marina, run a banner ad or do a sponsored post or something in their newsletter. Join every friggin' country club in your area. Join the local city, you know, professionals club or whatever. Like there is completely different marketing strategy to drive that business. And if it and the only way that you're gonna get that business is by really dialing in on the marketing. Just because you have Chubb, Pure, and Eighth uh, <laughs> uh, appointments does not get you high net worth business. It just, you know, or AIG. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure, Ryan? Are you sure that's not going to happen? I'm telling you, that, that is the way a lot of the pe a lot of people think in this industry. Is I have the appointments and I'm good at insurance, so why don't people choose me? And it's because 
no one cares that you have those appointments and everyone expects you to be good at insurance. So what so is there? We're dangerously close to this, like exceeding my time threshold, but I'm just going to toss this out here. Much like the, uh, the mark, the one to many kind of thing. This, I want somebody to do this. Like, I'm just, please somebody do this and let me know how it goes. And, and I think some people, are, I've, I've seen this in like a couple, maybe it's in the IOA group, but uh, start creating content around expensive stuff, expensive stuff that you probably can't even afford to buy. You know, how do I insure my Rolex? What about my Lamborghini, right? Talk about those things. And those are going to be the things that nobody else is addressing in that high net worth space that, um, you know, you're leveraging that name value of, they don't know what your agency is, but they know what a Lamborghini is. They know what a Rolex is and they need to know how to, you know, make sure that it's properly covered and most people aren't doing it. So please somebody do that and let me know. Yeah. Joey, all right, thank you. Or, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I love that idea, right? Take, take everything that Marcus Sheridan taught us at Elevate 2017 and just apply it to high net worth oriented items, right? The Porsche Cayenne versus a Cadillac Escalade for best family car, right? That, yeah. That's probably a decision someone who owns a decent it's size a, it's home is thinking too, about, record, right? Yeah. Like, it's those type of things. You can you can do all these comparisons, all these prices, you know, all this stuff that he taught us at Elevate 2017 can all be applied, just applied using the thought process of someone who's in that space. If you're looking for contractors, you do all the same things. Compare the Bobcat John Deere tractor versus the Bobcat whatever a different one is. I don't even know Bob, you know what I mean? Like I think Bobcat's the brand, but that's okay, right. Bobcat's versus John Deere. Then you can tell I'm like a Bobcat's super handy I don't, guy. I don't know. I, dude, I am. That, that's just a guess. Like I just, I'm pretty sure that that's right, though. But yeah, I'm. I'm anyways. It does, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's you just take all the same. The principles apply to every class of business. You are not a special snowflake because of the type of business that you write or where you're located. You just adjust the marketing accordingly to match the type of person that you want to bring into your business. And then you match your business accordingly based on how that marketing produces clients. So if you're producing, if you're spending a lot of money on accounts that, that are a hundred to $200,000 in premium, you can probably still write all the insurance yourself. You probably want to write all the insurance yourself because your marketing is probably based on a personal brand. But if you're GNN, the brand, you know, can't just be Zach and Matt. It's got to be their entire business. And that's what they do, right? They pull all their people in. They do all these different things because it's about the business because the two of them with all the marketing they need to do to pull in the volume of accounts that they want to pull in can't then turn around and be doing comparative rating, right? It just, it's impossible. And um, and I just, that's that's kind of where I sit on this, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to me that when we were talking about um Carlos Vargas, you guys never mentioned his agency name once. I yeah. said Vargas and, and Vargas. Vargas. Pay attention. Vargas and Vargas? Okay. All right. Well, I, just, I was thinking cuz GNN, like I just know them as GNN. I know them as GNN. Oh, and Matt and Zach work there and they're they're the head of it and they run it and they're the they define it, but like it's just interesting Carlos Vargas came the, came to mind first. Yeah. Well, there's, there's no good or bad, right? It's just what you decide yeah. you want. To yeah, personal right brand, business brand, it, it doesn't necessarily Person. matter. It What matters is yeah. that uh, people get it. And, and um, you know, the truth is, you know, Var Carlos does push Vargas and Vargas Insurance. I mean, that's, that's, he's pushing the brand because he doesn't write the insurance. 
if you're the one mm -hmm. writing the insurance, I think you push your personal brand. But if it's, you know what I mean? So it really comes down to, 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 to how your business is set up. And, you know, but it, it all starts with marketing. Like I just, I know this is a marketing podcast and we focus on marketing, but there's a reason for that. Like let, let the carriers do the underwriting, right? You have to do some front level, frontline underwriting and stuff like that to be smart about what you, you know, what you submit. But, but, you know, let them define, let their products define the insurance. You have to market, you have to be good at marketing, right? Look at Lemonade. They do not have a great product. They, they don't have, their pricing is crazy. They're like the, when they start having losses, you know what I mean? They're, the piper is going to come calling, but they are freaking amazing at marketing. I mean, they literally have the best PR in the business. You take Lemonade, this tiny little startup, relatively speaking, has 10 times the PR today, today than carriers that have been around for 150 years that are, that are you know, a million times bigger, like legit a million times bigger than, than, what, than what Lemonade is doing. Yet their PR is just so good. You're thinking about them and they're growing. I mean, they did what, 20,000 policies or something in, in 2017, like some crazy number like that. I mean, that's, that's impressive. I mean, it's super impressive what they've done. I don't believe in their business model, but I do think they're incredible marketers and, um, and they are changing the way we think about the business of insurance, but it's because they're great marketers.